Welcome back to the Bleached and Bothered podcast. I'm your hostess with the mostess, Layla Halbert. And if this is your first time listening, welcome. We're so glad to have you. Thanks for tuning in. Um, if you don't follow the podcast on Instagram, go ahead and do that real quick. It's at Bleached and Bothered Pod. And you're probably already following me. That's probably how you found this podcast. But I will have all of this information uh, in the episode description. So you can look there for reference. And we're just going to get this thing started. I've got Lisa Nodder with me today. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> and Lisa, you are a... I'm a registered nurse mm-hmm. with a master's degree in nursing education. Okay. And I'm the owner of El Bella Medical Aesthetics. Yes. So if you don't know what medical aesthetics is, are, what's the... Is. Is. Are. Depends. Basically, so you do injectables, so Botox, mm-hmm. filler. filler. Um, PRPs, mesotherapies, vitamin B12, flu shots, IV hydration. Okay. Yeah. Just all the things. A little bit of everything makes you feel good. <laughs> makes you feel good, makes you look good. Yes, love that. We love that here. Like to look good, like to feel good. You got to feel good to look good. So it's just all the circle of life. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Thank you very much. Walt Disney. That's good. (laughs) So, okay. So let's start with just tell us a little bit about like where you're from. How did you get into this industry? Were you like, how long have you been an RN? Just a little bit of everything. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So once upon a time. I was a hairdresser mm-hmm. when God was a baby. <laughs> and I always tell everybody I was born under a hairdryer. My father had a business as a hairdresser for 35 years. And I grew up in that entire venue of beauty. I used to sit on people's laps as they were sitting under the hairdryer. <laughs> and my grandmother was a manicurist in my father's business. So that's how I grew up. Okay. And one day when I was 24, I showed up in my father's shop, and it was about, mm, I don't know, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and he said, you look like you just quit your job. And I went, I did. (laughs) And he goes, and now what? And I went, oh, I thought I'd go to beauty school. So it was like I gave the man a million bucks, and he was very, very happy, and I went to beauty school. And for the next 17 years, I was a hairdresser. Oh, so you actually did do hair for a while. Oh, absolutely. Because I remember you telling me that you went to school, but I I couldn't remember if you said you actually had done hair or not, but that you did for a long time. Okay. Oh, yeah, for a very long time. All right. So we're in good company here. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I know where you go come from. So um, my father said to me on the day of my graduation from beauty school, he asked me if I had a dollar. And I said, yeah, I got a dollar. He goes, can I have a dollar? And I went, Okay, that's rather random, but all right. So I gave him a dollar, and he goes, okay, and he handed me a key. He goes, the shop is now yours. I quit. Oh, my gosh. And I went, what? And he goes, well, you know, to make it legal, I have to charge you something. So he charged me a dollar, and wow. that's, there you go. And where was this? Where were you living? In Berkeley, California. Okay. That's I. That's where I was born, mm-hmm. in Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Went to high school there, and um, during the 60s, when it was kind of crazy. <laughs> Very crazy. I could tell you all kinds of stories. It's a great place to be in the 60s, Uh I'm sure. Berkeley, Telegraph Avenue. (laughs) 
Haight-Ashbury, San Francisco. <laughs> That'll be part two. Yeah, that's part two. That's all. That's a whole bottle of wine. Anyway, the um, I, that's where my dad's shop was. He had the only beauty salon on the Cal campus, and it was quite the piece of real estate to have. Okay. So we stayed there for, oh, I would say hmm. probably five years into my beauty career, and then he took off for Europe. He worked for me at that point in time. Oh, okay. And uh, he took off for Europe, and they decided that they were going to sell the hotel that the that our salon was in. And so I looked for a new location, and I did, and I continued doing hair um, throughout the 80s. And in 1989, I sold my business okay. to a woman who rented a station for me. Because I wanted to go to nursing school. And what made you decide to make the switch? Well, it started about nine years prior to that when my oldest daughter was born and I had a horrific delivery experience. Mm. And when I woke up, I decided that I wanted to do something to make a difference as a nurse so that what happened to me would never happen to another woman. And I had the full support of my husband, my parents, but the next thing you know, I have another baby. Mm. And I'm well entrenched into owning my own salon with, I had five chair rentals. Okay. And a manicurist, and I was booming, and it was the 80s. Yeah. So that's how that worked out. But one day I was looking out the window as I was blow drying somebody's hair, and I thought, there's got to be more to life than this. I need to move on because I wasn't feeling stimulated. Hmm. So I went home, told my husband I was going to sell the shop, and he just about had a heart attack, (laughs) but he got over it. And um, (laughs) I went to school, and I started my prerequisites for a nursing program. And five years later, I um, graduated from St. Mary's in California okay, and Samuel Merritt School of Nursing. They had an intercollegiate nursing program. So my RN came from Samuel Merritt and my bachelor's degree came from St. Mary's. Okay. And I went right into a job, even though it was a time when they weren't hiring a lot of nurses. There was kind of like a, a downturn on nursing jobs, but because I was older, I got a job in oncology. Okay. And never thought I'd end up being there because I thought I was going into nursing school to become a maternity nurse. But after spending many... Because of the experience that you had had. Correct. Okay. But after many, many, many clinical hours in (laughs) maternity and having women yell at me all day long, I thought, "Mm, maybe not. Kind of like being a hairdresser. (laughs) Yeah, kind of like. Kind of like. Well, hopefully not. I mean, when you get to a certain point, hopefully your clients aren't yelling at you anymore. But every once in a blue moon, you get that one that's like, maybe you need to find Find somebody somebody else. else. (laughs) I'll help you down your path. (laughs) So then I became an oncology nurse, and I loved oncology. And I did everything in oncology that you can possibly imagine. I, I worked with a premier head and neck surgeon following his surgeries. I did chemotherapy at a time when we could only use uh, peripheral lines. There was no such thing as a port. Okay. And it was very nerve wracking. Um, But I did that for, I stayed in hospice and oncology for the better part of 20 years. Wow. And I worked at some great hospitals 
amazing hospitals and I had an amazing nursing career as a floor nurse. Okay. One day we decided to move to Houston and I thought if I have to live here, I'm going to work at the finest place I can. So I got. So a... how well, how did you end up in Houston? My husband was transferred in his job. What does he do? He was in oil. Okay, well that yeah. makes sense because <laughs> there's not a whole lot going on in Houston. My dad's from Texas. No, so. no, Houston is. I hope I don't offend anybody. The That's arm, okay. We armpit do that here. of the world. <laughs> I, I did not like Houston at all. A couple of really good things came out of Houston, though. Uh, my second grandchild came out of Houston. A very good friendship came out of Houston, and I started my graduate degree in Houston. Okay. So good things happen. Yeah. But three years and three hurricanes, and I said, peace out. I'm yeah. out of here. So I, uh, but while I was there, I got a job at MD Anderson, which is one of the premier cancer hospitals okay. in the world, and I learned a lot. But I was becoming disenchanted with oncology and hospice. And because it it takes, you can only take so much of that in before you own it. Mm -hmm. And you have to be very careful. This has a very high burnout. So when I came back to California, I, by this time, had my graduate degree. And I was as a floor nurse again. And my boss said to me, time to move it on up. So I became the nursing supervisor of Kaiser Hospital in Walnut Creek. And I was also a nursing professor. So I did clinical rotations for ICU and med search. And one day, I, um, I, after I left being a nursing supervisor, I was at Kaiser and I was also at Children's Hospital as a nursing supervisor. Um, I was wooed into another hospice position as an administrator. And I went and I worked for two different hospices. And one day, I thought to myself, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And I had one of my nursing students who I had hired um, had taken a class over a weekend, a long weekend, and it was a seminar for CEUs, and it was all about aesthetic nursing. Okay. And she came back, and she told me, I mean, you could peel her off the ceiling. She was so excited. She said it was the coolest thing ever. When was that? Like, how long ago was that? That was like, hmm. 2011, maybe. Okay, so semi-recently-ish, yeah. eight years ago. Yeah. Okay. So um, she kept telling me about all these wonderful things that she had learned. And so I said, well, I want to hear more about it. And then I started taking CEU classes and because we have to take CEUs to um, renew our license. Okay. So we need 32 of them a year. And so every time I needed to take a class, I would take something in aesthetics. Okay. And one day I thought to myself, that's it. I'm going to circle right back around to my roots, which was the world of beauty. Yep. And use all of my nursing knowledge. And I went and I got myself certified as an aesthetic nurse. And here I am. So, okay. So what does it take? Because I don't really know anything about how you because I I've I've only myself received any sort of like Botox or anything two times before once with you and then once um, with another with a doctor at a, at a different mm-hmm. place mm-hmm. Um, so just because I feel like a lot of people especially around here don't really have any idea how any of this stuff works right so you in order to do what you do 
you can be you can be a doctor doing it or you can be a nurse. It's kind of right. Like what are the so what are the qualifications? Or, okay. Yeah. So in most states, um, you have to in order to work autonomously in the nursing industry, you have to have a master's degree or a doctorate. Okay. Okay. So that way you don't have to be in the back pocket of a doctor. Gotcha. You have protocols to follow. Yeah. You have quality assurance guidelines to follow, and you have what we call standing orders. Okay. But because of your educational level, it allows you to be more autonomous. So that's why I can have a practice, a space, an office away from a doctor. He doesn't need to be there because of my educational level. Gotcha. Now, if I only had my bachelor's degree, I would have to work in a doctor's office. Gotcha. But I don't. I'm above that now. And so that's how I can work autonomously. Okay. My daughter, who I am training to work with me, has her bachelor's degree. And she can work with me because I she works under my umbrella. Gotcha. And I work under the umbrella. We both work under the umbrella of a medical director. Okay. Okay? That's how that works. Okay. But only doctors or nurses can inject into your face there are estheticians out there who use microneedles, um, and they shouldn't because it's not within their scope of practice. Really? To a certain depth. They okay. Can, they can, it's very, uh, okay. very superficial. Okay. Very superficial. I can go down to 2.5. Okay. And they cannot. And if they do, then they're really not working within their scope of practice. Uh, okay. And it's quite, it's, you want to protect the community not from the person who knows what they're doing, but from the person who thinks they know what they're doing. Yeah. Okay? Amen to that. And that's kind of that scary. Goes, that goes for, I feel like, really a lot of different trades and stuff as well. Like as It does. Hair with, my dad does drywall. I mean, yeah. Mechanics. Any, mechanics. Like, you know, whatever. You know, anyone can... can Fake it till they make, make it, it, right? Right. But that's, I mean, especially when you've got someone putting needles in your face well, you know, or anything like that, you want to make sure you're doing your research and know that they have this the right qualifications. Yeah. Right. So I started my own practice in 2013 in California and I had a thriving practice. And in 20, December 2017, our youngest daughter was having a horrific pregnancy and she lived here in Bellingham. And I said, I got to go. Yeah. I, I can't do this long distance. So we were going to move anyway the following summer, but instead we pulled the plug and moved that Christmas. And we will be here two years this January. Okay. Um, but I didn't spend any time developing a practice here in Bellingham until just this last year because I was helping her with a new baby who was born at two pounds, eight ounces. She was tiny, but she's perfect now. Absolutely perfect. And thank God. But I was flying back to California once a month to okay. take care of my patients for four or five days in a row. Okay. And then I would so, come back up so here. So how long were you in, how long were you doing the medical aesthetic thing in California before you came here? Six years. Okay. So you've been in the game for a, a little while now. Yeah. yeah. As far as that side of things goes. Exactly. You've been a nurse for how long? Over 25 years. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, so now you're here in Bellingham mm -hmm. with your husband mm -hmm. and your one daughter lives here. Uh-huh. And, and pretty soon 
both of my daughters are going to okay. live there. And, okay, so the, the name of your business is El Bella, right? El Bella Medical Aesthetics. Okay. And your daughter works with you as well? Yes. Right? Okay, cool. Yes. And I think I saw on Instagram or somewhere that you guys just moved your we did. space. Cool. We did. Okay. We, we were tripping over each other in a very, very yep. small space. <laughs> and I was working next to a friend of ours who was just lovely. I miss her smile so much. Her name's Lindsay, but we, I just needed more space. Yeah. And I have a very private service that I provide. Right. And even though I had um, visual privacy, I didn't have auditory privacy. And, you know, i very strict about HIPAA guidelines and yeah. people. Not everybody wants to say, hey, look what I got done. Most people, most people want to be very under the rug about it. And yeah. they just want to look refreshed and have people think, wow, your Hawaiian vacation did you well. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a very private matter. And as a nurse, I will say it's a very, very humbling field. Um, you are putting needles in people's face faces. You're changing their geography. Yeah. You are sculpting. And you need to know what you're doing. Yep. And many times I have been asked, will I do this? Will I do that? And I say, no, I will not. And I always give a rationale why I won't. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll literally say, I'm sorry, but that's above my pay grade. You need to go see a plastic surgeon. Well, I want you to do it. Nope. Not going to do it. Yeah. I put my line in the sand yep. because I will not work without, without, the outer bounds of my scope of practice. I won't push the envelope. It's not worth it. I am do not feel that I would be doing the right thing ethically or the right thing by my knowledge base. I'm not a I'm not a plastic surgeon. Yeah. I'm an I'm a nurse. Yeah. There's a difference. There sure is. <laughs> and just like I don't think surgeons can give injections worth a damn uh, I can't do plastic surgery either. Yeah. So we we stick in our own lanes. Yeah. Nothing wrong with staying in your lane. No, none whatsoever. <laughs> but I love what I do. Yeah. I absolutely love what I do. And it's, I had a friend say to me, so now tomorrow you're going to go to work. And I went, no, I don't go to work. Yeah. I just. Don't you love that? <laughs> I, I just go and meet my clients who actually become like friends yep. and it's wonderful. I love what I do. Yeah. Yeah. I we we did an episode a few weeks ago. I had one of my other hairdresser friends come on and we kind of did an episode on like pet peeves in general, like as a stylist. But uh -huh. we talked about the you know the good side of it too, of course. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean it's it's just that thing of like getting to have that job satis satisfaction, excuse me, mm -hmm. where you go to work, quote unquote, but yep. it's really most of the work. time doesn't feel like it. Mm -mm. Unless you look at your books and you're like, ah, oh, dang it, that person's coming in today. Yeah. <laughs> Although I have this thing now on my booking app where I can actually block a client. Oh. I just saw it yesterday. <laughs> and I went, huh. I looked at my friend, so I said, watch it. I could block you. Oh, you my know? gosh. I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> but I work two days a week. It's always different. There's never, I don't say I always work every Tuesday or I work every Friday. I work two days a week. And if I need to, I open up a third day. Yeah. And that's kind of like me being retired. It's really nice. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah. So I'll talk about my personal experience for a second. So, I mean, prior to, so the first time I ever did any Botox, well, actually the first thing I ever did was um, Xeomin. 
Yeah. So from my understanding, there's a few different types of drug that essentially do the same thing, but with different yeah. time, like Both- different... Go ahead. Shall I interrupt? Sure, sure, sure. It's okay. Sure, sure, sure. So Botox, Dysport, and Xeomin are all classified as neuromodulators. Okay. Neuromodulators temporarily change the way you move your muscles. Yeah. Um, they don't freeze you out unless you have an overzealous injector. They don't paralyze you. We don't use those words um, unless you have a idiot for an injector. And it's just, you know, you put them in the right place at the right time. Um, and everybody's face is different. Yeah. Many, many times people will say, oh, I've had 20 units put there. And I look at their face and my assessment is that they're very, very petite. And therefore, we're going to start with 12. Yeah. Because you, you can, can always, always do add more. more. Yeah, you can always do more. You just, mm-hmm. once it's done, though, it's mm-hmm. hard to go back. <laughs> but on those neuromodulators, I only use two of them. I use Botox and I use... Um, Disport. I don't care for the efficacy of Xeomin. Mm-hmm. I don't think it lasts long enough. Um, there's a lot of things I don't like about it. Yeah. So I'm pretty much an Allergan house, but I also will use Disport. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So the first time I ever, so I got invited to go to a party, which I had kind of heard about before, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. and I'm the kind of person where I feel like it is my responsibility as a beauty professional to try things out so that I can tell my clients, clients. hey, this is cool. This isn't cool. Like, I'm going to be straight up with you. You can trust me. And I'll take one for the team. Yeah. But, you know, I don't like the term Botox party. Okay. Quote, unquote. Okay. It's a Botox event. Okay. I like that. Because when I do a Botox event... There is absolutely no drinking before you signed your informed consent and you have your injection. And after your treatment is over and you thoroughly understand your post-treatment instructions, then if your hostess wants to give you a glass of wine, well, that's fine. Yeah. I don't have a problem with it. But sure. this, hey, you want, a, you want a margarita? Really? You really want me to have a margarita before I stick a needle in your face? No, thanks. I'll wait. I'm good. <laughs> well, I think when I say, I, I totally hear you out and that makes sense. And I will change my terminology. Event. It's an <laughs> event. event. Um, or a happening. (laughs) It's not a party. Right. Well, the way it was presented to me the first time I ever did it was that way. And I just kind of, for me, it was like, okay, a group of us are going to get together. We're going to go do this. And we're getting, basically, I guess if you could look at at it as like a buying in bulk, if you will. So you're going to get a little bit better of a price when you're doing it that way. So I, the only thing I really knew about, you know, Botox or any sort of injectables or anything before, before going to an event was, you know, my mom watches the housewives shows Uh and I'm just like, so your face is frozen and plastic looking and scary. Right. And scary. Yeah. No animation whatsoever. Yeah. But but then once I started talking to people about it and, you know, it's, it's, you know, I, I, I knew more people than I thought that had done it before. And I'm like, wait a minute, like, I never would have known unless right. you would have said something. So I'm like, okay, I can try this. Like right. I've, I've, you know, talked to enough people and, and I had actually, I had another, um, 
another uh, friend of mine who's another business owner in town who had had an event at her at her space. Um, and so I think she might have been the first one I had ever, the idea ever came into my head. And then the one that I actually went to, this was back in April, um, it was um, coordinated by a person who had done it before. And so anyway, so I went to this event uh-huh. and um, she, the doctor that um, did our event um, recommended the Xeomin or whatever. Right. And at that point, I was just like, I don't know. Like, sure, whatever, you must sure. know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I liked it. It was quick. It was fun. You know, mm-hmm. it was all my girlfriends. And mm-hmm. um, I was really happy with the results. And Good. then what happened was after that, I had, like, sung her praises and, like, told everybody about it and was like, let's set up another one in three months or mm-hmm. whenever when, it, you know, I need to get touched up. And then the doctor who did our event um, – shut her practice down and moved out of state. She had sick parents somewhere or something. I don't know. I never really got like the full, I don't know, explanation. All I know is that we had scheduled our next one Mm -hmm. and then got an email saying, oh, this person's not in town anymore. So I was like, oh, that's a little scary. But I guess I'm like, okay, well, I've done it once now and I really enjoyed it. So I want to do it again. Uh And then, so then I heard about you through a mutual person mm-hmm. um and <laughs> a mutual person yeah we'll just leave it at that okay <laughs> <laughs> um anyway so um and at this point I knew I wanted to do my Botox again um or you know whatever I had done like I said I had done the Xeomin before and then when I made my appointment to see you you let me know that that wasn't something you did but I was like I don't care you know what you're doing like yeah just tell me what I need so <laughs> Um, or help me figure out what I want, I guess would be a better way to describe it. And then I also decided that I wanted to try lip filler. So I wanted to wait until we recorded this episode because after I did, I've always been pretty open about, um, doing the Botox and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't tell, I, I didn't tell anybody that I had my lips done because I wanted as kind of as like a social experiment. I wanted to see if anybody would notice Uh because it's so funny that especially in this area, it's such a like taboo thing. Yeah. They're either really into it or they're like, oh, you put that in your body? Yeah. But what I have to explain to these people is it lives in your body. Yeah. You know, hyaluronic, it's it's a component in your body. It's there. Hyaluronic yeah. acid lives in our body. So, yeah, you're getting a little bit more back. Yeah. It's so, okay. <laughs> so I didn't, I, I, not because I'm embarrassed, not at all, but I wanted to just see what the reaction would be, if any. Mm-hmm. And funny enough, um, not that I'm not surprised, there was like, I think one person I went into, I got, so when we, when you did it for me, I started with, I think, just half a syringe. Right. Very, very little. Right. And, but after you, a lot of times, get a filler done, you mm-hmm. have swelling and that's right. normal. But um, I went to work right afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> what did they say? And What'd I had, you do? I had a client who came in and she is a person who has done those things before. You know, she's had her boobs done, whatever. So she's familiar with that yeah. world. And so she was like, did you get your lips done? And I was like, yes, I did. How could you tell? She's like, you're looking a little swollen. I was yeah, like, look a little swollen. Yeah. Right. But of course, once that goes down, it's not. A big, a big deal, deal at all. But anyway, so, um, yeah, I just wanted to see if anybody would say anything or notice. And not very many people did. And, in fact, I would tell people, and they're like, really? 
It looks never so natural. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I just, yeah. So surprise, everyone. I've had my lips done <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> and the secret's out. But you know, but, when, when you were talking about an event earlier, I do events all the time. And as I said, I'm really strict about it. But I think my clients appreciate that. Yeah. Sometimes I get a hotel room in Seattle and I have my clients from California. They'll fly up and they'll spend the weekend and I'll do 12 or 15. And it's just like being People. in my own office. Yeah. 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 They actually come. Mm -hmm. And it's really not an event. It's just an alternative venue, if you will. Sure. But I operate an event, if you will, the same way as if you were sitting in my chair in my office. Mm -hmm. And I, what I want to stress is this. There are many, many fine injectors out there. And there are many poor injectors out there. Mm -hmm. And the difference is this. Just because you're a nurse does not mean that you know how to do one or many given fields. Yeah. Okay? We specialize in what we do. Mm -hmm. A maternity nurse would not know what end of a chemo bottle to hook up and how to do it sure. and what they should look for. I wouldn't know how to start Pitocin on an active labor. Yeah. Okay? I wouldn't know what, what end to look at. So, well, I know what end to look at. But I wouldn't know how the, that part. Yeah, let me let me clarify that. Okay, I know what end to look at. Got that one down. But at any rate, just because you're a nurse doesn't mean that you can get a doctor to buy you a bottle of Botox and say, "I'm going to watch a YouTube video." Oh, okay. Now I know I'm going to put Botox in your face. Yeah. Please. Don't go to that person. Yeah. Do your research. Do your research. Make sure that <laughs> Talk they... to people who have done it before. Get recommendations, yeah. you know. I've built my whole practice on, on word of mouth. Yeah. Well, that's how, I mean, that's, I feel like, a lot of this industry in general, that's the best way to go about it. You know, you right. see someone walking down the street who has great hair. Where'd you get your hair done? Okay, great. I'm going to go there. You know, like... Exactly. You know, and you also make a mental note to yourself. So, who did your work? Oh my God! Don't go yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I've seen yeah. some. I've seen some gnarly stuff. Like especially when it comes to talking about like, um, like aside from like hair, but also like eyelash extensions, mm -hmm. um, microblading. Yeah, I have seen some gnarly microblading, microblading jobs and. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely yeah. want to take note of, Not, so where did you go? Okay, yeah, good to know. Never, never go there. Never uh. go there. I am also, um, with my clients, I never presume, as you know, that you told me, and after I looked at your chart, that yes, you'd had uh, Botox before, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that I can assume that you know what I want to teach you about this drug sure. before I inject you. Yep. So I always educate my patients, and I also ask them before I start, do you have any questions? And I think that not a lot of people do that. Yeah. I wish that they would. Yeah. But it's not a – I don't look at this as a, hey, 
what's happening? Come on, sit down. I'm going to slam some Botox in you. And that's kind of what the feel was a little bit the first time I had gotten it done. It was kind of like, all right, we're here. It's a party. It's, you know, five minutes. Everyone's in and out. Like, bop, 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 bop. Like, you know, all this. And like my, like I said, my results were good. I was happy with it. But I mean, I can definitely see how someone who maybe doesn't have my personality and is a little bit more skeptical or timid about it would, you know, want that extra communication exactly and you know feel like they're in a safe space where they can ask questions and you know even i'm sure that you probably are happy to like if someone is mate has made an appointment they're sitting in your chair having a consultation and they just said you know what i'm actually not ready for this absolutely you would much rather somebody be honest absolutely and And i can pretty much tell yeah (laughs) i was you're 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 not gonna do this yeah oh yes i am Mm, no i don't think you are think you want to go and think about it or all people say to me i'm so nervous well of course you're nervous i'm going to stick needles in your face yeah <laughs> but and that- i will say too sorry to interrupt but when i had you do my botox and my lip filler so i'm not sure how other places do it but you actually numb like for the filler you actually numb with lidocaine right, right. i gave like you a dentist. dental block yeah and so uh-huh. you actually i didn't feel anything um when she was doing the filler um, there's some soreness and swelling afterwards, right. but during the actual procedure, is that yeah. what you call it? Procedure. Um, um, yeah, there's not, I mean, the, the Botox actually, I would say is more uncomfortable than yeah. the filler. I have to agree um, with you. Yeah. So it's, it's really, I mean, if you've gotten a flu shot before you can handle Botox, it's quick, you know, depending on how many units you need or depending on how many units you want, you know, and more pokes but it's it's very quick it's a small needle it's a tiny Um, needle it's not bad and with the filler do you always like completely like numb whenever i am working anywhere around the mouth i always numb yeah i've only had in seven years of doing this i've only had two patients say to me oh no i'm good as you have to peel them off the floor and is it why are why are you doing this to yourself? This isn't necessary. Yeah. And and a lot of doctors unfortunately do not numb first because they don't want to take the time. Mm. They're in, they're out, and they're gone. And it's like ah. Yeah. But this does not have to be a grueling experience. Um, dental blocks. I use BLT cream, which is benzocaine, lidocaine, and tetracaine topical anesthetic. I use ice. Ice is our best friend. Mm-hmm. And um, it is very tolerable. And I have to be honest with you. So many young people now have tattoos. Yeah. And I, as they're going, oh, I don't know if I can handle this. I go, seriously? Have you looked at your arm lately? This is nothing. Yeah, Trust me. It really isn't. A tattoo is much worse. Yeah. And it that's that constant. Constant. Yeah. Right. And um, that's why when I do a PRP on somebody, what's for a PRP? Platelet-rich plasma. It is a uh, the vampire facial. Oh, okay. That Kim Kardashian made famous. Okay. Only when you YouTube Kim Kardashian, she is a bloody mess because the doctor who coined the term vampire facial, who and he has trademarked that. And if any of us ever use it, we're fined. I mean, he, trust me, he has hires people to do the web search. Damn. Um, yeah, it's kind of <laughs> crazy. But he uses whole blood, and it's you still get the benefits of the platelets that are in the blood, 
but they are not spun down and separated out. And so you just, it's just a bloody mess. Yeah. So when literally. I, literally. So when I take a vial of blood, I put it in the centrifuge, it goes in as whole blood. But when it comes out of the centrifuge, the platelets have floated to the top and they're clear. You can see through them. They're like, they look like beer. And then the, um, the heavier component of the blood, the hematocrit, sinks to the bottom of the tube. Okay. So I draw off the platelets, which contain your stem cells and growth factors, and I apply them to a numbed face, and I microneedle it back into your skin. Oh. But I've put the BLT <laughs> cream on, so literally I could cut your head off and you wouldn't feel it. <laughs> you know, just saying. <laughs> But um, it's it's not an intolerable procedure yeah. at all, and um, that's always I feel like the first question that comes along whenever I I I've told I haven't publicly like on my social media been like hey I got my lips done but like anyone who I've seen in person or my friends I've told yeah and the first question is like does it hurt does it hurt <laughs> yeah like I mean it's not. It doesn't feel good. It's good. Yeah, it's, it's like, not, oh, here, can you stick a needle right here? Yeah, like yeah. I said, it's it's tolerable. And unless you're, like, deathly afraid, have a serious phobia of needles, or you're just, like, can't oh. handle, you know, you're just super I, sensitive or have, yeah. like, zero pain tolerance, maybe it's not, not the right thing for you. But, I mean, in my opinion, it's the, – the, the pain – quote unquote is worth the reward. <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> waxing, the benefits. Your, waxing your eyebrows or your lip hurts more than having Botox. I think so. That's yeah. a good analogy. Yeah. The uh, or a good comparison. Um I recently had a patient who um decided that they were gonna pass out while I was giving them Botox. <laughs> they got one needle, one in, and out of the corner of my eye I see them faint and Afterwards, she told me that she was deathly afraid of needles. And I went, you know, that's something you need to share with your that practitioner. That might have been a good piece of information yeah. to... Uh, because I work around that. I, I do breathing exercises for some of my clients. Um, I put on music for some of my clients. Yeah. It's everybody's Well, different. and especially with your with your background in doing hair, it's like we do whatever we can to make you feel comfortable. Right. And make sure you have all the information you need. And it's like we're doing a service for you. And that's going to look different for everybody. Absolutely. I'm the kind of person where I'm just like, whatever. I don't yeah. care. Let's do it. Bop, 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 bop. And but. you're done. And you're done. But not everybody's, but not everybody's like, that. like that. Yeah, I, I just recently had my girlfriend come up here from California. And it used to be, when I started doing her about six years ago, it was like one of those peel-off-the-ceiling kind of people. We'd have to do breathing <laughs> exercises. I She'd have to use the squeezy ball. We'd have to talk quietly. Yeah. There was the whole gambit. And if that's you, that's okay. That's, that's okay. I Lisa's can work your lady. with that. I can work with that. But now I just look at her. She just put the BLT cream on. I'm cool. And, you know, but that took years to get to that point. Yeah. And it's okay because everybody's different. Yeah. It's all right. And after you've given chemotherapy for as long as I have, trust me, this, uh, I'm used to working in sensitive situations. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's, it comes yeah. naturally. Yeah. It comes naturally. But. So um, to get a little bit more detailed into 
because I know that a lot of people that are listening are, are very curious about the specifically Botox filler, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I feel like it's kind of a like taboo thing to talk about a little bit, but I'm just like, why? Yeah. Why? What's I don't, I mean, I understand that there's more risk involved with something like that than there is changing your hair color, but it's like people change things about their appearance all the time. Right. People do things that are a lot more permanent than this all the time. And it's not weird, well, but know, it's just like, you know, it, and, and I will say that in my opinion, when it comes to like, especially when it comes to things like, you know, because you, like you said earlier, you are changing people's geography to a right. certain extent. Right. I think it is important to do it from a place of I'm doing this for me because I want to do it, not because I'm trying to make somebody else happy no. or, you know, I'm. You have uh, to be happy yourself. Yeah. And, and you just want to look more refreshed. Right. Um, and everybody like, is beautiful just the way they are. Yeah. I'm just, you know, shaving off a corner here yeah. and there and softening yeah. it up a little well, bit. Well, and when I've talked to people about it, you know, a lot of the response, what? You're so young. You don't need to do that. And it's like, well, I don't need to bleach my hair either, but I do that because I want to and but I like the way it looks. What we've found out now <laughs> through research is the younger a woman starts or the younger a person starts injecting Botox when you get to be my age, you don't have the deep set lines that, by the way, I don't have. Um, <laughs> because you've been injecting and relaxing all yeah. this time. And you hear about this thing called muscle memory. Mm -hmm. It doesn't know that that's supposed to make that deep mm -hmm. line. Well, and a big thing for me, too, um, the reason why I was intrigued about trying Botox was because I saw this girl on Instagram and um, one of my things that really bothers me personally that probably nobody else notices is when I smile, like a really big smile, I, I have small teeth and a lot of gums. Yeah. So my lips, you know, lift and it shows a lot of my gums and my little teeth, which you guys are going to probably be like, Layla, that's ridiculous. I don't care. It's not for you. It's for me. And so I so heard. We can fix that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right here so and here. <laughs> I had heard that you could inject Botox in right. your, into your top lip to relax the muscle so it that does. when you smile, it helps improve that. And so that's how I, when I heard about this event that was going on, I was like, okay, I want to go just for that. Yep. But then I was like, eh, might as well do my forehead too. Why not? Um, uh -huh. <laughs> so did you get your upper lip Yeah, injected? I loved it. Yep. Mm -hmm. And it worked, yep. didn't it? I loved it. And so then another thing on top of that, which is why I wanted to try lip filler, was that that kind of further helps correct that you know, that gummy situation. Smile. We call it a gummy smile. Yeah. So, yeah. um, and it, you know, it's not something that I feel like I have to do for the rest of my life or I'm going to hate looking in the mirror. Not at all. But, you know, if it's something that I is feasible for me and I can afford once in a while, then, Why not? you know, it makes me happy. It makes me feel more confident, which makes me a more fun person to be around. And so yeah, why not, you know? Exactly. So um, that's kind of why I started doing it. And, you know, right now, like I've, I think the, when I came and saw you was back in July. So it's been about four months mm -hmm. and I'm starting the, the, the effects of the Botox and the filler over time, up. they kind of start to wear off. Um, and so I've got, you know, my little teeny baby wrinkles in my forehead, but it's I like, I can fix that, <laughs> but it doesn't bother me. You know, like I yeah. could go 
six months or seven months or however long without getting it and it's like you're a sweet young thing i'm gonna be okay you're gonna i'm be not gonna okay. like look in the mirror and feel like i'm like ah! you know well, that's the funny thing about botox when you when i tell people it's gonna last approximately on average four months they think that at three months and 28 days all of a sudden their face is gonna fall off yeah it, it, it doesn't it metabolizes over time yeah and if you go to the gym a lot, and there are some people who go at least once a day and always work very, very hard on their workouts, they pretty much eat Botox for lunch. Yeah. Because it's metabolized right out of their system. Okay. So they might have to have it more frequently. Yeah. Someone who is very petite has a higher metabolism than the average bear. Okay. Well, that's why mine lasts so long. Well, you know... <laughs> She's thick. <laughs> I, I'm not saying a word. It's not, okay. I said it. I said a word. So it, it it just gradually metabolizes over time. With with I'm like, wow, my Botox has lasted five months. I'm so happy. But you know what? Think how much money you save. I shouldn't say that, but you're saving money, right? But with hyaluronic, which is what filler is, I always try and explain it to people as if you think of your collagen and your elastin in your skin being your box springs mattress and your hyaluronic is your pillow top, as we age, which starts the minute you're born, and estrogen starts to deplete as well, hyaluronic starts to deplete, and therefore I'm just re-injecting it back in and giving you your pillow top mattress back again, not princess and the pea, but just fluffing you up yep okay and the only reason they call it a drug is because they mix it with lidocaine so it makes it more comfortable hyaluronic filler is nothing more than what we call a biological okay it's not a drug okay it lives in your body good to know what we add to it and because there are people who are allergic to any of the cane derivatives and cannot have filler with lidocaine in it they oh. make it without it will burn when you get it injected, but you too can have filler if you're allergic to lidocaine, tetracaine, oh. novocaine, benzocaine. It's good to know. Yeah, you can have it. Huh. You can have it. You're not going to be real happy with me, but you can have it. <laughs> You'll be happy with the end result, but not the process. Yeah. Because it, it does burn. It's hyaluronic acid. So, so tell us, okay, so when somebody comes in for Botox filler, Tell us where, we'll start with Botox, where can you get Botox and where do the, like for your clients, where, where do you inject Botox the most often? Like where is it the even possible often? to get it done? Okay. There are those practitioners. First of all, there's what the FDA approves. Okay. And then there's what we call off-label injections. Now off-label injections are also permissible if everyone within your field does the same kind of injection in the same way, okay, got that? You're covered ethically. So the FDA has not approved a gummy smile injection where oh. you get injected right over your lip. Really? Uh-uh. Nope. They have the FDA is improved approved of your glabella, which is between your eyebrows, called the dreaded elevens. Okay. They have approved of your frontalis muscle, which is your forehead. Okay. And they've approved what you call the lateral canthal lines, which are your crow's feet. Okay. Those are all FDA approved. Okay. Okay. 
off-label injections, which are also done and very permissible, bunny lines, which is when you scrunch your nose up, and on the bridge of your nose, you get those lines. Which, by the way, I think are adorable, which I know that everyone has their own opinion, but I would well, never want to get rid of those. I think they're so They're cute. adorable unless you're 60. No, I still then think they're, they're cute. Uh, okay. So <laughs> Bunnies you... are adorable. <laughs> so those are called bunny lines. Um, there are the two injections that I do on either side of the filter column, which is above your lips for what we call a gummy smile. So what I like to have. What you like to have. <laughs> when this this part of your chin is the mentalis muscle, and it is actually the one muscle in your face that really contracts up and will cause this cleft line so i can inject on either side of that muscle right there and it relaxes that line to keep this muscle from contracting up i keep turning my head away and i'm talking it's okay sorry about that (laughs) then the other this is the first time lisa's ever recorded a podcast or even like hasn't even ever listened to one i haven't even listened to what's a podcast I keep telling like, talking to the mic, talking to the mic. (laughs) But you're doing great. (laughs) Well, thank you. And then the other one that I do is when I inject into the masseter muscle, which is when people grind their jaw, your jaw, when you tighten this muscle right here, okay, right there, I inject right into that muscle. So when you clench your teeth, you will feel a muscle that will pop out on the side of your cheek. Now, those people who have bruxism, which is a grinding of your teeth. And if you have it, you know. You definitely know it. (laughs) Uh, Not only can you wear your teeth down, but oftentimes you get horrific headaches. And you, I have an amazing uh, before and after on a client that I've done, a young woman um, whose face was quite square due to her excessive bruxism. So I injected into this masseter muscle. And not only did it relax and keep her from grinding her teeth, but now her face is thinned out. Okay. Because when you work a muscle, it gets bigger, right? Yeah. So if you're constantly grinding your teeth, this muscle is going to get bigger, and therefore it makes your face more square. Wow. Now, the only downside to that is uh, when men who want to have a a squarer, if you will, or more angular look to their face, which makes them look more masculine, when you inject in, inject into the masseter muscle, it can sometimes thin out their face to a point that they would prefer, it would feminize them sometimes. It depends upon the case. Mm-hmm. If your bruxism is bad enough, most men don't care. Yeah. It's just like, can you just fix this? I don't care. Yeah. And so I do a lot of those kinds of injections. You can have injections done uh, in your bladder with Botox. I don't do them. A a urologist needs to do that, and it's for an atonic bladder bladder leakage. Uh, It's a very painful injection, um, but it it is done by a urologist. Uh, People who get injections for um, migraines. Okay. That needs to be done by a neurologist, and it goes right up the scalenes, and and into into the up into the, the back, back of your, your head. head, and the um, that is a true injection for migraine management. However, I have many many clients who suffer from headaches, and my daughter being one of them. And when I inject her, 
in between her eyebrows, her migraines lessen. Okay. They don't go away like they would if it was done as a neurological injection. Yeah. But it does get better. Okay. So you can use Botox for that. I use Botox. um, I do hyperhidrosis injections, which is in the axilla when you get perspiration marks all the way down to your waistband. So your armpits. Yes. Excuse me. Armpits. It's okay. Excessive sweat. (laughs) I'm just like, Botox for dummies, a.k.a. me. (laughs) Armpit sweat. (laughs) Armpit sweat. That deep, deep, deep kind of sweating where your clothes are soaked, that's called hyperhidrosis. And it's a very easy protocol, but it, it it does take at least 50 units per armpit. Which is a lot. It's a lot. There's 100 units in a bottle, so you're using an entire bottle of Botox. So just for a little bit of point of reference, a forehead, like for someone who's my age, I'm almost 28, and doesn't you know have a ton of crazy wrinkles, is like, what, 15 units maybe? 10 to 15. 10 yeah. to 15. Um so and in between your eyebrows that typical injection is 20 units i'm putting 50 units into each armpit and it is not what i would call a pleasant injection no but i do inject a lot of lidocaine first okay because it's a constant little tick 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 you know and um lots of injections but it works beautifully so Botox, you, you can like, you can wash windows with it and get it nice and clean. <laughs> Botox has many, many, many different uses. Okay. Um, filler, it, there's an old saying, find a need and fill it. Mm-hmm. Um, filler can, <laughs> there's many different kinds of fillers, many different viscosities that are used. And each filler has a different clinical indication. So there are those injectors who will take... Uh, for example, Voluma, which is what is used for mid-face augmentation over your cheekbones. Okay. And it's very, very thick and gelatinous. It is, I um, say, it's like strawberry jam. Okay. They will inject that in someone's lips. It's not FDA approved for that. It, that definitely would be an off-label. And those are some pretty massive lips when you're yeah. done. So I would never do that, yeah. but some injectors and some people like that look. So the, um, then we go down in viscosity to stuff that is like um, jelly, and that would be like Juvederm or Restylane. Uh, Restylane is made by Galderma. Um, then we go down into the um, Vicross technology uh, with Velour and Voluma and, I mean, Volbella. Volbella is just a whisper of a hyaluronic, and we use it for these lip lines above your lips, where your lipstick bleeds, or people who have smoking lines. Oh, okay. Use them there a lot. Um, I use it in oral commissures, which are the corners of your mouth. Okay. Um, I, but I'm I'm a Juvederm lip girl. I, okay. That's my drug of choice. And that's the one in, that's in the middle. That's in the middle. Okay. Yeah. And it depends upon where your hyaluronic's injected in your face as to how long it takes to metabolize out. You're not going to get a lot of movement in your mid-face unless you walk around looking like the Joker all the time with these great big smiles because movement causes metabolism. And this does not, your cheeks don't move. Whereas your lips 
Mine especially move a lot. lot. <laughs> <laughs> you speak, you drink, you eat, you kiss, and it that's movement, and movement causes metabolism. So what happens in your lips lasts the least amount of time. Okay. So movement is what eats it up. Gotcha. Okay, but that being said, if your lips don't last nine months, then... We need to up it a little bit somewhere. Yeah, I was actually going to say, because it's been, it's been, let's see, August, yeah, about four months. And so when I did mine, I did my top lip mm-hmm. um, with like... I used 0.4 on your top lip. 0.4, so not quite half a syringe. And then we just did a teeny bit in the bottom right, um, kind of where um, in the middle, like... Uh, to give you that little pout. Look. Yeah. That's a half um, a syringe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I loved it, but after the swelling went down and everything, I kind of decided that I wanted to add the rest of the syringe that she had used um, into mostly the bottom lip. And then I don't know if we did any in the top or not. I think it was mostly the bottom. Yeah, it was the bottom. Um, so I had one full syringe, which mm-hmm. is not a, t- it's what, like a teaspoon, you would say, oh, maybe? right. It, it not even. Yeah, so not it's not even. a lot, um, but it's definitely enough it's to one make a difference. Yeah, it's one ml. Um, most people, most young women like to start out with a half a syringe. Yeah. But I would say half of those young women always come back and want the full. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. You can always have more. Yeah. You can always have more. I make you wait 10 days yeah. until all of your swelling goes down yeah. and it settles in and that sc- scaffolding fills in, but then you can have more. Yeah. So I feel like um, my bottom lip is definitely holding up strong, but my top lip I can already, because after you have the injections, um, for me anyway, you can kind of feel where it is. Mm -hmm. Like it's not like, you don't feel like you're walking around with like pebbles in your lips or anything like that, but you can definitely, you know, if you touch your lips, you can definitely tell where the product is. Um, and so I can definitely tell that my top lip, I feel like has metabolized faster than what's in my bottom lip. And I don't know why that is or what, but, um, yeah. Just an interesting uh, well, you have, observation. You actually have more in your bottom lip. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, you only have 0.4 in your top lip, and you have 0.6 in your bottom lip. Okay. So it's you know there's just more there. So that actually brings me to mostly a question for myself, but if anyone out there is listening and wants to know this information, so once you have Botox or filler or whatever done, let's say like for me, um, let's say. You know, it's filler is supposed, you know, they say last a little bit longer usually than Botox. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And so, like, if I wanted to come in and just add, you know, like I said, I feel like my top lip is kind of starting to um, not be quite as full as it was when I first did it. But my bottom lip, I'm cool with. Like, I could just come in and just add a little bit more. Absolutely. Like, gradually. I only charge you for what I inject. Okay. I say that there's a caveat to that. Okay. If I am injecting filler in an area in which I need to what we call aspirate, which means I pull back on the syringe to make sure I'm not in an artery, which is a good thing. Don't want to be in an artery or a deep vein. Um, If I pull back, the contents of that syringe are now no longer sterile. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. But when I do lips in the method in which I did yours... 
I don't have to aspirate. So what I don't use on you, I put a sterile splitter on and the content still remains sterile. Okay. Okay. So I only charge you incrementally for what I use. Okay, cool. Um, I also offer interest-free financing. Brilliant. Yeah. Good to know. Well, it's important because not everybody can say, oh, here's my credit card. Yeah. And um, my rules. And well, and let's just, let's just put it out there. Botox, filler, all of that. It's not cheap. And it's you don't not. you don't want it to be cheap. And if it is cheap, you've got a problem, probably. Right. right. Um and so, you know, it's and it's like I tell people like with hair, I always bring it back to that because that's what I do. But like with, for example, like hair extensions. The hair costs money. It's expensive. It's expensive. It's expensive to put it in. It's expensive to do the whole process because guess what? It's a luxury service. service. It's not a necessity. Mm-mm. It's not, you know, and I guess anyone could argue Botox is a necessity, whatever. If that's your opinion, great. But it's a, it's a, it's a luxury service. It's a, you know, it's something that's not, you know, it's on a different level. And so, you know, and in order for you to purchase the products and then make a profit on top of that, it has to cost a certain amount. Half of everything I charge my client is the cost of the drug. Yeah, and it's, yeah, so it, at the end of the day, it's not cheap. It is not cheap, and um, I always, always try and work with someone's budget. If somebody says to me, I want to have all of this done, but I only have $500, then I'll say, realistically, that's not going to happen. But if you only have $500, this is what I can do for $500. Yeah, Okay. for sure. If your expectations are that you want to look a certain way and only spend $500 and clinically your optimal correction will need two syringes and 30 units of Botox to get what you want, then that's not going to happen on $500, Yeah, which is why I allow my clients to do interest-free financing. And the way that works is if you come in and your service is $1,000, you have to pay $500 on the day it's done because that's the cost of the drug. Yeah. And I just turn that right around and pay the drug company. Yeah. And then I take the balance over four months and I take that out of your credit card on the day that you choose. And that's when you pay me. Yeah. I pay the drug company and you pay me. So typically... Botox will last anywhere from what three to five months, you would say? No. Three to six? Four to six months. Okay, four to six months. Unless you're an avid, avid exerciser. Okay. Yeah. And then filler is anywhere from what, six to nine months? Six months to two years, depending. Really? Oh, absolutely. Cheeks? Oh, Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. But like lips? Lips, nine months. Okay. Six, nine months. Okay. So, okay, good to know. That's good information. Yeah. Um, Okay. Nasolabial folds? Depending upon how deep they are. So those are like what? Smile lines? Those are your the lines that run from, yeah, you can call them smile lines. They run from the corner of your nose down to the corner of your mouth. Okay. And um, depending upon how deep they are, um, depends upon what viscosity of that filler that you would mm. use. That lasts a year. Uh, marionette lines, which are like puppet lines, mm-hmm. which go from the corner of your mouth down to your chin. Um Depending on again how deep they are, they usually last nine months to a year. Mm-hmm. So it's they la- filler lasts a lot longer than Botox. Yeah. But two 
entirely different clinical indications. So there's a couple of different ways, I feel like, in from what I've heard from other people who have done these things, I know it gets really hot in here, um, <laughs> is from, from my understanding, there's a couple of different ways you can do things. So you can go in, have the full meal deal done, you know, your Botox, your filler, whatever you want to do, and let that metabolize over time until it's completely dissolved. And then whenever that is, you can go back in and do it again. Right. Or you can maintain it over time. You can kind of maintain it. You know, like I was saying, like maybe come in and just do like 0.2 units in my top lip or whatever to keep maintain that look right from when I very first got it done or like, because you want to always stay fresh. This is especially important to some people who are in very high level jobs. Um, a lot of older women who are competing against younger women in the workplace. And this is a very real thing. They need to look the part of this corporate wonder whiz woman. And if a 60-year-old woman is competing against a job with a 30-year-old woman with the same kind of education, not the same kind of, of life experience, but they want to look younger and so that they can compete like that. They always want to stay fresh. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting... I mean, I don't know anything about that because I'm not in that world. But, um, yeah. Well, like so, newscasters, yeah. for example. Um, movie stars. Yeah. They always have to keep themselves up. Yeah. Because that's their world. Yeah. Models. Sure. They're yeah. the same way. Yeah. Um, and it's really funny because um, the male clients that I have... Uh, talk about women being very secretive. Men like, oh man, nobody needs to know that I'm in here right now <laughs> and I'm getting this done because they are, um, the, what bothers men the most are their crow's feet. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. The inside scoop. The oh, yeah. tea, if you will. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh. So is there anything else you want to know about? Oh, okay. So I do want to talk about, so... Um, when I came to see you back in July, originally we were going to do an event. Yes. Um, I had a few girlfriends from the one that I went to the first time who wanted to do it. And then I had a couple of other people who had expressed some interest. It didn't end up happening because so in order to do an event with you, it has to be minimum five people. Right. Minimum of five. And depending upon what the majority wants, I don't like doing more than 10. Yeah. Because then it could then take it just, all night. Uh, yeah, like all night. Um, but I always give uh, a, a nice discount. Yeah. I, I don't discount Botox, uh, but I do discount my fillers. Okay. And Which filler typically is a lot more expensive than Botox just as a comparatively. So like one syringe of filler is what, 600 bucks ish 650 uh -huh. And then... You know, the same amount of Botox is what, like... Well, if you get your eye... Between your eyebrows done, it's $240. Yeah. So it, it's different. It's quicker. Yeah. Um, so you can... You're not numbing someone's entire face to do no, Botox, but no. with filler you are. It's a longer procedure. Yeah. So it takes it takes more time. Um, but I do give discounts on that. There's always a prize to be had by the group. Um, could be a lash treatment. It can be many different things. And I do that. And I do these events sometimes for fundraisers as well. Okay. So a group of women can get together because they have a fundraiser that, that just maybe the 10 or 12 of them are working on. Or I have done a lot of fundraisers in California where, for example, there was a, a whole PTA 
fundraiser that I did. And all during one specific month, every time a person came to me and said, I'm with the Emerson Valley Elementary School, then a portion of their um, treatment went to that fundraiser. Oh. Okay? So it didn't have to be done in one day. Yeah. Because uh, not everybody can get it done in one day. And I certainly have can only do so much in one day. So I do it over a period of time. Okay. So that they still get their money for their fundraising, and um, but it's spread out over a period of time. And you will, for events, if, you know, just a, a group of girls or guys or whoever wants to get together to um, do this, you will travel to where they're at within I reason. Will, I will travel to their home within reason. But now that I have a beautiful, huge exclusive office oh yes that's right you're so in a let me place tell now. you about that oh yes plug away plug so away i have a huge reception room and then i have an even even larger treatment room with beautiful windows okay i have i don't my own private kitchen and my own actual office okay so all of that can be incorporated and we can just shut it down for a day or a night or Whenever, whenever, a Saturday or whatever, because I don't work on Saturdays. Okay. Um, had to work on Saturdays for too long. I hear you. I don't work on Saturdays either. Mm -hmm. Only for my, I have a few client, a handful of clients who fly in from other states, drive up from other states, live in Skagit Valley, work nine to five, can't come in any other time. And then only on the Saturdays that my son is at his dad's. But anyway, um, if you're flying up from California to see me, trust me, I'll do you on a Sunday because I'm flattered that you're coming this far. Totally. I did that yesterday, but the, um, so now I have a large space that can accommodate easily 15 people. Cool. Easily 15 people. So cool. So where is, you're in the Herald Building, I'm in the Herald Building in Suite 306. Okay. And it's beautiful. You have to come and see it. Um, I think, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we didn't touch on. Tell you all about the gift that keeps on giving, which is Mm. the PRP. Uh, We started on it. A little bit. Okay. So the reason I call it the gift that keeps on giving is that you keep, building your elastin and your collagen as you're injected the with your stem cells and your growth factors um, it turns on the inflammatory process which flips a switch on collagenesis and you start building collagen from the inside out and the protocol is 18 months long okay and you get one a month for four to five months and then you go two or three months and you get another one. And then 18 months from the day you started your first one, you get your sixth one. That's your full protocol. And then women over the age of 50 or people over the age of 50 usually get two a year. And younger people get one a year as maintenance after that. So that's okay. for skin rejuvenation. But it also works with hair restoration, which you should probably oh. be interested in as a hairdresser. Because when I was a hairdresser, we had hair, what we call frog fuzz. Two hairs on one side and three on the other. On those poor clients that had no hair. Yeah. And wanted to have wondrous hair. And it didn't, there was nothing we could do for them because they'd have alopecia and women lose their hair due to hormones, whereas men lose their hair due to genetics. Yeah. So once the scalp is injected with PRP, and it's really not an ugly procedure at all because this your cranium is 
like right under the surface. Mm -hmm. So it, I use a little tiny Botox needle and I inject the plasma right into the scalp. It flips oh. the switch and your hair stays in the antigen growth phase. And so you grow new hair. Oh. And it is remarkable. Okay. Now, it only works with men. If men who are whose hair is thinning, I can inject them with their PRP and they will still grow new hair. But if a man has lost his hair completely, it's never coming back. Okay. So I can inject from now until forever and nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. But if they're still growing hair and there's you have that man who's starting to thin and you inject them with oh. PRP, they are still growing hair. Therefore, yeah. you can thicken that area up. So basically like taking care of the issue before it becomes a permanent problem right. kind of thing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And uh, PRP has been used orthopedically for over 50 years. They're, these high-level athletes who hurt themselves, they're injected in their in their joints, and they're back on the field two weeks later. Huh. Because it's their own stem cells. Wow. It's no drugs involved. It's wonderful. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I've never even heard of that. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, so tell us, um, so if somebody wanted to make an appointment with you for any of the things we've talked about or set up an event, how do they go about doing that? Well, there's a couple different ways. You can call me. <laughs> at 925-768-5551. And I'll put all of this in the episode description so you can uh, refer back to it too. I only work by appointment. I do not do drop-ins. Um, you can go to Lisa B. com, and you can book online. Okay. You can go to my website, which is lbellamedicalaesthetics.com, okay. and you can put in a message there. Uh, so there's three different ways, or you can stand on the top of the building and go, hello, I want an appointment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or you can text me. Okay, yeah, cool. You, so you're fine with that? I'm absolutely fine with that. I have had to become fine with that <laughs> uh, because I don't come from the texting generation, but yeah. I've learned. Yeah. I've learned. Yes, I get it. It's just easier. I mean, I do it. I do that with the majority of my appointments, too. I'm like, yeah, you can call and leave me a voicemail. You can message me on social media, whatever that works. But texting is the fastest, easiest way to have um, me get back to you. I'll tell you the you one thing that I don't do. I don't do instant messenger. Okay. Uh, I've had people sit there with their message for months and I go on there maybe quarterly and go, uh-oh, here was somebody who wanted some information. So please do not instant message me. Okay, so text, call, website, either your personal website or the business, the Lost Elbella. Genius. Yeah. yeah. And I'll, like I said, again, I'll put that all in the episode description so you can refer back to it. Um, and if there's anything that you guys want to know that we didn't cover, feel free to reach out to Lisa. Absolutely. I'm sure she's happy to answer any of your questions. Um, and I just want to reiterate as well that I have had her do a service for me and I was very happy with the results and that's why you're on this podcast. Um, so just to pump your tires up a little bit. <laughs> I do have some holiday specials. Oh, tell, tell us. That. Yes, tell us. So if you purchase, uh, there's a couple things going on. If you purchase 50 units of Botox, you will receive a free syringe of filler of Juvederm or Volbella. Oh, shit. Let me get on that. <laughs> <laughs> so that is 
either a $677 syringe of Juvederm or a $730 value on uh, Volbella. And let me ask you, so if someone, if someone purchased that, that special or that deal, if they didn't, you don't have to use all 50 units of Botox in one sitting or do you? Um, I would prefer if you did, but okay. for example, like you, yeah. you don't need 50 units. No. <laughs> so we're going to take it on a case-by-case -case level, Okay. Um, but you have to purchase it at one time, and then I credit your chart. Gotcha. So you, you may, I may only use 20 on you yeah. at one time, yeah. but you need to purchase the 50. Got it. And then I just credit your chart. Cool. Yeah. So that's one uh, special um, if you come into my office and you count uh, visually all of the empty Botox bottles that are in a huge bowl, you can be eligible and you put your guests in, you can be eligible for 20 free units of Botox. Okay. Whoever comes closest to the magic number. Okay. And um, what else am I doing? Um, our gift cards are 10% off. Okay. So if you want to give the gift that keeps on giving, and you know, if you want to give your mom some Botox for Christmas and you can only afford $100, well, great. If you can only afford $50, well, that's super too. It, you don't have to pay for a whole treatment if you buy a gift card. Okay. Just, just putting it out there. Good to know. Yeah. you can, They can apply it to whatever they want. I do monthly vitamin B12 clinics at Bar 3. Okay. And that's always on the Bar 3 website, and I always Instagram it. Okay. Um, what else is coming up? Um, and what days are you in your space um, at the Herald, Herald Building if someone did want to pop in and maybe make an appointment in person or meet you in person or something like that? It's, typically. I'm only... Depends on appointments, of it, course. Right. I'm, I'm only there Tuesday through Friday. Okay. Yeah. Cool. But I, do, but I stress the by appointment only. Yeah. I mean, I will gladly come down and chit chat with you yeah and have a, a free consultation yeah no problem yeah cool um i think yeah i think that pretty much i think that pretty much covers it um okay so my personal favorite part of the episode where we each are going to share with you something that we're peeved about we're bothered about we're gonna get it off our chest we're gonna try to let it go some things you can't let go but you know it's maybe you some of you out there can relate um i know what mine is do you want to go first or do you want me to go first sure no i'll go first okay you know what nurses <laughs> she's, she's ready <laughs> you know what nurses really just cringe at is um we call them, um, you know, like side chair jockeys where they do. Well, I saw it on the Internet and the Internet said. And so they're medically diagnosing themselves on the Internet. Please don't be that person. <laughs> Please don't be that person. I, I can tell you as a as a young woman, when I would sit in a lecture and I thought for sure I had left sided congestive heart failure and I was told by my. Professor, no, Lisa, that's compensatory weight gain from nursing school. <laughs> so don't diagnose yourself on the Internet. Uh, the other thing, and, and, and I don't know, maybe as a hairdresser, I didn't like this one either when I was a hairdresser. They bring you a, a picture and they say, I want to look like this. Well, what, <laughs> what they're really looking at 90% of the time is the face. Yeah. And they want the haircut. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So if you bring me Kim Kardashian lips and or you bring me Angelina Jolie lips, but you have this little tiny person, I'm not going to give them to you. 
because it's going to look ridiculous. Yeah. So. And that's how you end up on botched. (laughs) And that's how you end up on botched. Yes. Not by my hand, but no. So yes, stay off the internet. Please, God, stay off the internet. Until after you're diagnosed. Unless you're going to book an appointment with Lisa. There you go. Yeah, thanks. Okay. Well, mine has nothing to do with my job. Um, But my... Okay, and this is so weird because before I was pregnant, this thing never bothered me. Didn't even think about it. I'd heard about it. And it's so funny that you're taking a bite out of your snack. Deadly. I know. We've got um, our, my specialty for guests um, for snack choices is ponjikeju, which is essentially cheese bread. It's a Brazilian thing. It's essentially called put it on your waist and it'll just stay there. Listen, it's winter. We got to insulate. We got to stay warm. It's Washington. You know, it's cold here. Anyway, so like I said, this thing never bothered me before I got pregnant. And then while I was pregnant, it annoyed, I mean, everything annoyed the shit out of me when I was pregnant. But this <laughs> one thing <laughs> was, just saying. this thing was really horrible. And I thought for sure after I had the baby that it would go back to normal and I wouldn't be bothered by this thing anymore. I'm dying to know what the thing is. <laughs> You're going to die because it's actually, there's a term for it. It's called misophonia. Misophonia. Yeah. Which is the, like, you get this absolute, like, this feeling of hatred (laughs) and, (laughs) like, just complete, like, uh, just you want to rip your own ears off. Loud. Postpartum depression. Loud chewers. Loud chewers. Oh, loud chewers. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh just even you <laughs> pretending makes me want to die. I like I don't know. I don't know. It literally came out of nowhere. Like How I about said, this when somebody's started, sitting next to you on an airplane doing this. Uh, that's case by case for me. Bouncing their knee up and down because I do that and jiggling your tray table because like, they're tapping so hard. So the whole thing with the loud chewers, like I, it's so bad to the point where. If I'm eating, like, chips or something, like, I annoy myself by hearing myself chew. It's, I mean, it is just, and some people, the people who. Don't do it. The people who don't have this issue, when I bring it up or say anything about it, they're like, okay, that's ridiculous. Suck it up. Like, it's not a big deal. But the people who get me, like, you get me on a spiritual level. Like, this is some serious, it's a real thing. gum chewing? Yeah, that counts. I think that yeah. falls under the umbrella. Miso, um, miso, misophonia. Misophonia. I'm gonna have to look. I'm gonna look that up on the internet. Yeah. At first, um, <laughs> I I, w- I went on a rant about this on my Instagram stories a while ago, and I think I accidentally called it like misophobia, <laughs> which is not. I'm like the fear of miso soup. <laughs> it's not what. It, no, it's misophonia. Um, but yeah, like. It, it, my poor family who I live with, like, I'm like a Nazi when it comes to like, I'll be downstairs and my, you know, someone's snacking or eating or something. And like, I don't know what it is about my family, but everyone likes to chew with their mouth open. And (laughs) I like, and they are going to listen to this and hate me, but whatever. Um, I'll just like look over and they're like, like instantly like, and I'm like, listen, I don't, you know, I love my family. They're great. But something about the chewing and anyone who does it, just close your goddamn mouth when you're eating. Like that's really, it's not that hard. Close your mouth. And like, I know that some foods are louder than others. You can't help it. Like I said, I annoy myself. When I do it, I'm just like, I, I, how do I? Because you and I can never go to a picnic together because I kind of become one with my corn on the cob. Okay. (laughs) 
my children have looked at me and gone, Mom, really? Because I, oh. But what's funny. Oh, this tastes so good. What's <laughs> funny is like the only time it doesn't bother me is when it's my kid. Mm-hmm. So when Lennox is eating or doing whatever, like it doesn't bother me at all. But for whatever reason, anybody else, I just can't. It it makes me it makes me feel actual rage in my soul when someone chews okay. loudly near me. This so. is good to know. This is really good to know. <laughs> I could never. If I see you in a restaurant. I'm gonna go. Whoo. I could never <laughs> be in a relationship or marry someone who is a loud chewer. Instant deal breaker. Mm-hmm. So, but we all have our deal breakers. All you suitors out there, <laughs> zip it up. First of all, where are you? Second of all, <laughs> you better not be a loud chewer. <laughs> oh man! Well, I think that's all we've got for you today. I've had so much fun. Yes, thank, thank you. you so much for coming. This was so fun. I'm really excited for this episode to air and for everyone to hear it. And again, if you have any other questions for Lisa, feel free to reach out to her. I will um, put everything in the episode description. Um, so you can access that information and uh yeah come and see me yes come make an appointment i want to set up an event so if anyone is interested in doing a botox filler event or whatever i'm due for some more so if anyone is interested um dm me whatever um minimum five people maximum about 10 you would say um let's set something up it'll be fun um get you fresh for the holidays Uh, (laughs) uh yeah I think that's it. I think that's it. Thank I, you. I can't think of, I think we did pretty well. I think we did. Yeah. And if not, call me. Yes. Definitely reach out. I'll say it a million times, but um, yeah. And IV hydration. Remember this. It will make your holidays brighter, especially when you overindulge. AKA hangovers. Hangovers. <laughs> okay. There you go. Oh my I've gosh. I've said it. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today on the Bleached and Bothered podcast and have a great Friday or Saturday or Monday or whatever day you're listening and we will see you next time. Bye.